Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Kara. I'm Sarah. I'm Tyler. And I am your host, Aaron. <laughs> so, as part of our project, uh, what programs did you guys use and why? Um, I started using Prezi. It's just one that I've been familiar with. We've, uh, I used it a lot in high school for things, and I think it's really cool how it goes between them. You can add little arrows to direct it, and I just think it's cute. I've never actually used Prezi, but I've seen it used, and I think that's what I'm going to end up using more for my project. Mm-hmm. Well, since we were banned from using PowerPoint, I had to use Prezi. <laughs> Prezi is a, a good substitute for PowerPoint, if that's what you're used to. Yeah. I also use Prezi. I mainly used it because it was one that was suggested, but I like that it's colorful, it's creative. Um, I used it my freshman year, but I haven't used it since. So it was cool to kind of go back through and learn how to use it and see how cool it is. When I started on this project, I had this whole idea for a video and so I recorded my voice and was going to put stock photos and stock images. And I really hated the idea, so I scrapped it. But the programs I used for that were like Adobe Premiere and Photoshop and all the Adobe lists of programs. So those are fun but not easy to use. So how did you guys approach the planning and creation? I just kind of dove head first <laughs> yeah, and just so was like, came up with an idea and just went with it. And then that's where I ended up where I am, where I'm kind of restarting. I'm I done with the planning, but <laughs> yeah. I haven't started the creation part yet, and it's still the planning is the head. biggest part. Yeah. <laughs> so for planning, I went to a Brewers um, rubric, and I just kind of went through and highlighted the main ideas that I thought were important and that I needed to include. And then I also got on Google and looked up some example newsletters that elementary teachers would hand out to their parents or to parents of the students, and I kind of looked at the information that they included and added that to the Prezi. I mean, I looked over, like, the rubric, but honestly, I'm kind of just winging it, because, like, going off of what other teachers have done in my past experience. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because I want to teach high school, so I just keep thinking back to all the cute little welcome uh, back things they did, like, all the information that they included on there, like, the final projects that they're going to be doing, stuff for the parents, yeah. uh, consent forms for movies, stuff like that. Also, um, I asked my mom, like, what important things like she remembers that teachers would tell her like my teachers so I thought that was really cool to get like a parent's view of what they want to know what's going on day to day I don't never I never really remembered anything like this other than like a a syllabus in high school that they'd hand out so I kind of had trouble thinking of what exactly to put on it so at first I kept it pretty vague but now that I've reread over the rubric and saw some other people's projects I'm definitely going to have to go in and be more specific and I don't know, add more to it. Because where it's at right now, I don't like it. But it will be good in the end. <laughs> I just, I walked around, like, my old high school and middle school. And the classrooms are still set up the same. They're all in rows. But some of the classrooms now have, like, more visuals, like, inside the classrooms. And I just remember the only time I remember ever sitting in pods or, like, a different style of classroom than just straight rows was, like, elementary school. And it's just crazy to think that middle school and high school don't ever really use that. So, what were your guys' difficulties and successes? So, one of my difficulties was Prezi kept kind of glitching and freezing, so that was frustrating. I would think something would save and it didn't save and things like that, but the success was being able to make it creative and fun. Um, I added a lot of colors, I added some of my pictures, so I thought that was cool. I mean, my, I think the hardest thing for me is getting the pictures on there. I don't know what, my computer's so sensitive. Like, it, I click <laughs> one thing, it selects, like, everything. Yeah. So, 
I mean, just trying to get them all in the right spot, move the text over. I mean, that is just, it's hard for me for anything. That's probably my biggest difficulty is finding stuff with something that's, like, aesthetically pleasing. Because yeah. I have no artsy gene in my body. <laughs> I can't. I hardly dress yeah. myself in the morning matching clothes. <laughs> my so. difficulty ended up being that I'm going to have to restart. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly just because I got to a point to where I realized that I didn't like it. Which I guess is kind of the, the overall plan of the whole project is to think about it. And then when you realize maybe that you should change things, I mean, that's the whole thing. That way you know in the future when it comes to making stuff like this, how to start and finish. As far as successes, I have a really good idea of what I'm going to do next, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do that in the next couple days. At least you didn't go through with something that you weren't happy with. Yeah, I wouldn't have turned it in the way Mm -hmm. it is now because it's like, yeah, it's not great. I thought it was at first, but then it's not. (laughs) I like the templates they provide because they're like, some of them are really cool looking. So like the one I have, it has like all kinds of cute flowers and looks like <laughs> plants and stuff, and I like that. So it's like it's that. colorful on its own. I didn't have to work extra hard to make it colorful. Yep. So templates are nice. <laughs> so next it says we should share our envisioned learning environment. Uh, how do you provide for students to collaborate, communicate, and create in your learning environment? How does technology allow students to engage, enhance, and extend learning? Uh, and then it wants us to talk about the ISTE standards, TPAC, SAMR, and TEAM. So I guess we can just start off with the collaboration, communication, and creation. Well, this actually is a diagram of my classroom. Uh, I'm going to have them in little pods. I haven't arranged everything yet, but they're going to be in little groups, uh, hopefully. I want to have like the posters, like the cat hanging on the branch, hanging their baby <laughs> stuff. So I'm going to do the cliche things in my classroom just because it's fun. Um, but I want to have like supply station stuff where they can turn in so that way they're not always counting on me to turn things in and get it back to them. They can just go over, check it, and if it's there, then I already graded it, and if not, then I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> no teacher's responsibility in organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like it'll be easier. Like, and in some of my classes, we've talked about like little um, colorful boxes that are color-coded with each day's work. That, that for the teacher because I do have a problem with organization so if I just have like everything I'm going to do for Monday in the box like the book I want to read the assignments I want to have them do just put it there then Tuesdays Wednesdays Thursdays Fridays just have it all like that that's how I want to have it set up um, so and like I said with the pods they could collaborate together and one of the final projects I plan on having them do is actually a booktube video um, where they can choose their own book as a group or just individually, um, preferably as a group, I know some people are shy, uh, and then create a booktube video together and discuss like what they liked about it and hopefully they won't give away spoilers, um, but just go about it that way. So We had some teachers that did that when I was in school. Like, we always had like different boxes, like you said, with different days, mm-hmm. and we just go grab Everybody had like their own. They had like, it's like a tower, and so like Monday, mm-hmm. every student had their own little slot, mm-hmm. and we just grab whatever's in there. That's what we was doing for the day. So that's a really good idea. Is it really easy to know what you had to do for the day? Yeah, that way it allows them to control yeah. their own thing. Like they right. know exactly what they have to get done. When it comes to the the collaboration, communication, and creation, I am you know planning to be a high school math teacher. So a lot of the technological interventions we've been talking about in here is it's going to be harder, it's it's less traditional to see technologies in collaborative ways and stuff for a math class. I mean, mm-hmm. so I've already been looking and 
my plan to be is if I can find like a program or maybe create something on my own where students can like sit in groups and work on a math problem and then post it to some kind of board where they can all look at each other's stuff and work together. Because I think, you know, when I was in high school, I had not so great math teachers. And some of them would, you know, they didn't want us to work together, but where they weren't really paying attention, we all Mm -hmm. did. And I think, honestly, that helped me learn more than I would have if we were actually forced to sit and work alone. Because you can, you learn from each other's mistakes and stuff. And, like, if you had something where students are sitting in groups working through maybe on a computer or something on a math problem and they can post it to a board and then they have a chance to look at other student groups problems and see okay well did we are we wrong or are they wrong and kind of decide and then they'll remember where that mistake was in the problem for the next time so that would kind of be collaboration and communication mm-hmm. and as far as creation I think it'd be really cool something that I think that would have been cool in my high school math classes was to have students maybe write quizzes for each other or something maybe not for a a grade necessarily but have the students write quizzes for each other based on the content that we're learning and see you know how well they actually understand what they're supposed to be learning by creating the quiz themselves and then making a key for it and then you could grade it that way you could grade a student on the the quiz that they made and then they could all do that all online and through different programs and stuff instead of on pencil and paper an idea for you, uh, one of my high school teachers, they actually did like a connect four on the smart board and each circle had a problem on it. And then if you, uh, in a group, if you got it right, you got to put your little circle there. Oh, like cool. go up cool. and do it. Yeah, it was really fun. Like, uh, it was her first year teaching and that's what she had us do. And it was really cool for being in 10th grade. And you could really there. do that with any part of math. I mean, you mm-hmm. could do that with calculus for seniors Yeah, I mean, and we stuff. did it like... Uh, I don't even remember what it's called, but like with the X's and the Y's and <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, she had us doing that, like trying to solve her variables. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was algebra. I, I don't know why, I just couldn't remember algebra. No, you were good, you were good. <laughs> like she had us doing uh, that, trying to solve for the variables, and then like it was like we had a little competition between groups, and it was just like, I mean, it was just fun uh, trying to do it, and like right. just smacking it up there, and it was really cool. We used to play basketball in my high school math class. Like she would have a, a waist spin that looked like a basketball hoop, and we would like answer the problem, and whichever team got it right, they had the opportunity to go up and shoot like a three-pointer, a two-pointer, a one-pointer, and like we got points that way, and that was cool. Since I'm terrible at any sport, my teacher always had the option of whoever got the answer right can choose someone else to shoot for them, <laughs> so I did that a lot whenever we played that game. The only so, issue I see in stuff like that is it is kind of bringing competitive side to mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and then if it comes to actually, you know, being a game like basketball or something, it may kind of make feel kids feel singled out, like they can't be a mm-hmm. part of that or don't want to. So I, I kind of want to find ways that I can incorporate games, but right. as a group activity to where they all may be working towards a common goal instead mm. of being at each other's throats over who missed the problem and whose mm. fault it was. Who missed the waistband? <laughs> My, it's kind of hard for me to envision a learning environment because I'm going to have a K-12 through license and I have no idea what oh, kind of classroom no. I'm going to be in. But my ideal one is just a very fluid classroom that's able to change with every kid mm-hmm. I have because I might have a kid that needs help in math one period then the next period I might have a kid that needs help in social studies or anything like that so just to be able to be evolving and changing every day through whatever the problem is that arises for the kid that I have to help that's my biggest that's the biggest issue I'll have but I, I love the idea of having kids in pods that way they can bounce ideas off each other and 
Because the more ideas you have, the better the outcome might be because they always say two heads are better than one. Mm-hmm. So the more ideas you have, the better chance they have of get coming to the right point mm-hmm. is my biggest thing. I think grouping students, at least with an, one other person, creates a more comfortable environment. Yeah. If you come into a classroom and you're staring at the back of someone's head, it's not really fun. You're just sitting there. You're bored. You're not engaged. As in, if you're sitting with partners, you're able to like you said, bounce ideas off one another. And I think it and allows people to want to share what they share their yeah. thoughts and feelings. And when it comes to like group activities where they're expected to do some kind of problem, maybe it's just a multiple choice question and give an answer out loud. Mm-hmm. A group of, you know, even three or four students is more likely to feel more confident right. saying it because they're not going to be the only one wrong if they're wrong. You know, they kind of have a, you know, a group there. And and the whole point, I guess, you know, with, with the groups and stuff is to create, it's all about comfort. You know, you don't want students coming in and being more worried about getting an answer wrong than actually what the what the problem's about or the question is. So, and I guess that touches a lot on the engage, what we said, was a lot on the engage, enhance, and extending their learning. But is, uh, is there anything else you guys have to say on engagement or enhancing that, extending their learning? past i think a lot will come with experience too to mm-hmm. find yeah. better ways to do engage and enhance everything to do with the learning environment because i know our first year is probably going to be a little rough right. <laughs> so. just about every teacher i've ever talked to has said you'll learn a lot in college but you won't learn oh yeah even right. a fraction of what you're going to when you get in the field that's what well, they I, I actually work as a substitute teacher and they are right i had to develop my teacher voice the first day i was a substitute <laughs> like i mean they just they just wouldn't stop and I had to scream. <laughs> I was just like, Oh my gosh, I was like I have become the teacher I hated. <laughs> and I mean like but like I don't know, I just found a way around it. Like after I started subbing a few times, I mean they finally got like once they started recognizing my face, I mean like mm-hmm. I'd have kids who were like she devil and then uh, I had a little boy who would run up to me and I don't know why he just like loved me and then he'd like grab my leg because he was in elementary school and he'd like hug me and be like are you gonna suffer us? He's like I really hope my teacher gets sick and <laughs> was just like it just made me really happy about that. That's so yeah, you have to assert yourself at first mm-hmm. and I learned that because I coach football and I've dealt with kids from peewee to junior high and you let them just start doing whatever they want, it turns into a madhouse. Yeah. And you just have to be able to assert yourself. Not be mean, but you have to mm-hmm. let them Take know charge. that you're not yeah. going to sit there. Because I hated yelling at them. I mean, yeah. I even had to put one group on verbal lockdown. I mean, because they wouldn't do their work. And so it's like, you don't get to talk anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, I don't know. I just think it was like a bad day. Because then the next time I had them, they were fine. And I was like, I mean, like, completely different kids. I mean, In my blog, I mentioned, like, I think it's important to evaluate your lessons and don't keep it consistent, like, year to year to year. Like, you can still do the same activity and have the same lesson, but find different tools that you can use and find different ways to get your students engaged. Because if you continue using the same um, tools over and over again, it gets kind of boring and you just, you're, I think you're wasting your other free sources that you could be using. I think variety is very important to keep students engaged. I don't know if he mentioned it in here, but like, I don't know, I heard uh, some teachers say that what they, every five years, they take all their lessons and like, throw them away. Like, and yeah. And start and fresh. It, yeah, and start fresh, and I was just like, 
That'd be cool. It's like, I don't know if I do it every five years, like maybe seven, just to give. I might like set them little, aside. I don't know yeah. if I'd throw I them out. Throw, like, yeah. like every five years, switch it out and like, yeah. uh, and then just like change the old ones to be more up to date. Like you could even keep the same lesson, but just find mm-hmm. different activities to get to that mm-hmm. lesson, I mean, to I'm, get to the point. I'm sure there'll be minor changes. You know, even in that five years before the major change, I'm sure you're going to have so mm-hmm. many minor changes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because I mean, like what are you doing, man? I mean, how many ways is there to solve a problem, really? <laughs> Uh, a okay, lot. Okay, well, uh, okay, then going from my scene, but how many ways is there to use a comma? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, there's a few. Okay, there's a few, but then there's the semicolon. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's either use a comma or semicolon. So, I, I mean, mine, I only have, like, a few ways I can actually yeah. change that. And so it gives me a few years to teach them a different way and just see which yeah, one they, sure. uh, the group responds to best. It's like math, it's math and science is always evolving. Like, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. science is always coming. There's always something different the next year. And there's always, like, you know, with different ways that people, you know, that different ways that different generations of students are taught different things in math, and I'm sure, just because of the expectations of the teachers. Oh. Like, so. Like, right now, like, I'm in elementary teacher, math for, math for elementary teachers, and you got to set up, like, these different ways just to figure out what 18 plus whatever is instead of just doing it the old way. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, something's just it's different. I love but, the way I remember learning it when I was in that age was just remember. It's yeah, just, like, just, look at it and remember it. It's like 9 plus 9 is 18. Instead yeah. of changing the 9 to a 10, the change the 9 to an 8. I do that in my head, yeah. but... Yeah, I don't think. I it's mean, it makes sense. It's just, it's just different. Well, I remember learning like the old school multiplication, where like you got to multiply them across and then add it uh, after you get what they do. I don't know. Cross Never multiply done. and yeah, oh. cross multiply okay. and then under like, the equal what? sign you add it together and then you get what it's uh, yeah. is. I know what you're talking and, about. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you do. <laughs> but I mean, like, I was taught that, and then all of a sudden in high school they were like the box method, which I mean, it was simple. But it was so much more writing, and I was like, I miss the old ways. <laughs> I think, you know, that that makes me think about teachers I had, especially math teachers I had that were like, you do it the way I want you to do mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and if you don't, I don't care if you get the right answer, it's wrong. And I mm-hmm. think that's also something that you got to think about when it comes to your future classroom, is if a student comes up with some way to get to an answer that isn't the way you may have taught them, they're, they're still learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's easy. they probably learned even more. Figuring I mean, it out on their that's, own. That's, that's why it's the creation part of it, yeah. too. I mean, they, they found their own way. They're creating, yeah, that's exactly. Also, like, it would be creative to test, like, if they know how to, like, compare the method that you taught and then to the method that they just learned to make sure that they get the answer, exactly. the same answer. So that kind of, like, creates them. Um, See if it works like for every yeah. problem, if it's yeah. not just specific. And that'll, yeah, like, yeah. hopefully want them to mm-hmm. use the old one and the new one. Mm-hmm. So next on the list to talk about is the ISTE standards. So we have learner, leader, citizen, collaborator, designer, facilitator, analyst. Um, yeah, that's that is all of them. So learner is you know educators continually improve their practice by learning from and with others and exploring, proving, and promising practices that leverage technology to improve student learning. So that's one thing that. Dr. Shope says in every class I've ever had him is that you know if you came into teaching to think well I have the summers off Mm -hmm. you don't have a summer off Mm -hmm. because you're going to be spending time you know whether we were just talking about redefining your Mm -hmm. curriculum or but learning about different ways Mm -hmm. you know constantly looking for ways to better your practices and if you're not doing that you're really not doing your job Mm -hmm. Mm 
so Shope was actually talking today in my earlier class like how there are summer programs that teachers will take that may even be like three weeks but they're learning how to work with students in different ways I mean they may know how to address a certain problem but they're learning different ways that they can address that problem rather than continually doing the same thing so that way if they ever have a student that they just can't address it in that one way they have other options mm -hmm. that they can do well, I mean as teachers I mean our whole job is about learning I mean so we shouldn't stop being learners just because right. we graduate to the level of a teacher mm -hmm. I mean we still have to keep learning new ways to help our students be good learners too it's just like the learning as a teacher you have to because, like I said, you you have to be fluid. You can't just stay exactly. in your set in your old ways. Mm -hmm. Those things change, times change. Like I guarantee you, teachers now they're about to retire wouldn't think there'd be this much technology mm -hmm. in a classroom. They just don't know how to use it because they never had to use it. But mm -hmm. if they take the time to learn how to use it, it probably make their jobs a lot easier. Mm -hmm. It's just you can't get stuck in this. This how I'm going to do this. Is the way it's going to be. If you do that, you'll be miserable, and the kids will be miserable, and it's just not going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. So I think we can all say that we plan to be learners in yeah. our future learning environment. Have to be. And then, okay, next is leader. Educators seek out opportunities for leadership to support student empowerment and success and to improve teaching and learning. So, you know, you, you're not, the way I, you know, when you think of a leader necessarily in a classroom, I think back to some of the teachers I've had that were like, you know, the classroom was very teacher directed, but then, some of the teachers I had that were I thought felt like the best leaders were the ones that kind of fostered our you know engagement and made us want to learn mm -hmm. you know you you know if you're leading a group of students you don't want to just tell them what to do and make them do it as much as you want them to be asking you what do we do next what's this mean what's that mean and all of that so I think the best way to be a leader is to not just sit there and say okay do it this way all right, and just like expect them to do it but I think a good leader um, will guide them like like you said get them engaged and wanting to learn and wanting to participate rather than just sitting back a good well, leader also, guides. Also we gotta learn from them too mm -hmm. I mean because like we were talking about they find uh, their own ways I mean, yeah because like we can help them out in the classroom by I me mean, when uh, they're set free at three o'clock I mean and who knows what they're going off to do exactly I mean, they learn from their own environments I mean everyone's intelligent in some aspects and it just depends on how we uh, help them achieve that level of like fully understanding and going along with that like I liked the teachers some of my favorite teachers didn't just look at me as like oh you're a student you're below me mm -hmm. they kind of made me feel like I was just as important in the classroom as they were like my role was just as important so it felt good knowing that I had information to offer to my teacher I mean because what is a teacher without students mm -hmm. I mean we're just someone who has a lot of knowledge <laughs> yeah. what I think of a leader is someone like you said guides them but then lets them go and figure it out by mm -hmm. themselves and if they need help you're still that person that they can lean on to get them to the next uh, spot or goal mm -hmm. it's like you can't just like you said, sit there. It's like, all right, it's all you. You can't just um, then yep. just disappear. You got to be the person that's there for them and all that. And then next up is citizen. Educators inspire students to positively contribute to and responsibly participate in the digital world. So, you know, I, that comes into, like you were mentioning, at 3 o'clock they're out. They're mm -hmm. gone. They're out there on their own. Are they going to use what they learned in class to, you know, provide, you know, this one specifically about 
the digital world, but really are they going to go out into the world and use what you taught them in that class? Mm-hmm. That's what, like, it kind of goes along with the leader aspect. You're molding them to be this good people, not yeah. just good students, but mm-hmm. teaching them life lessons and teaching them right. to be responsible for their own work. Like, if they don't turn something in, you got to hold them accountable. That's the mm-hmm. only way they can learn and be actually a good person. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're a citizen first before they're yeah. our students. So, I mean, True. they have to learn how to be a good citizen and be a good member of their community, I mean, in society, and also use what they learn. I mean, because, I mean, this is their world, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not just run, I mean, it is run by adults, but I mean, eventually it's going to be theirs. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all going to die one day, then it's going to be left to them to ruin. The younger um, generations are the future. Or fix, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I know I kind of was upset that our adults gave us the terrible economy. (laughs) I mean... Just like, whoa, I was like, the entitled generation, and like, yeah, I can understand why, I was like, because we didn't ask for that. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, we have to teach them how to be able to fix the problems that others cause, not only their own, but others' uh, problems as well. You can't just think in the now, you gotta think mm-hmm. about what's gonna happen, because yeah. you're gonna still be a part of that world when they're running it. Mm-hmm. So you, like, especially with teachers, you wanna be able to look back and say, I did my part to teach the kids that I taught to be good citizens. And like, mm-hmm. what's Dr. Greer say? Uh, be good, be part of the democratic process or whatever yeah. he always says. Next is collaborators. So educators dedicate time to collaborate with both colleagues and students to improve practice, discover and share resources, ideas, and solve problems. I think that's vital really with anything. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the whole point of, I think a lot of the use of technology in the classroom is to allow not only you to collaborate with your, your peers mm-hmm. and your students, but to allow the students to collaborate mm-hmm. with their peers and, and even their teachers on a way that's not so, you know, teacher to student as more of just peer to peer. Well, they have to build social relationships. I mean, yeah. when they go out to get a job interview, they got to know how to be able to stand there and talk to someone and tell them why they can, what they can offer mm-hmm. to that company for whatever job they want. I mean, they have to be able to talk to people in authority. They have to be able to understand like what's okay to say and what's not okay to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, how you, how you can get yourself out of a bad situation if you're in it, too. Mm. In Shope's class, like we're talking about um, special education and things like that, and he's talking about how important it is to collaborate, like all the teachers to come together and um, think of specific goals for the student to, make the, to help the student su- succeed. And um, I think it's also important, like just as an example, seeing Shope talk about how he wants um, brewer to come into our class and talk about how to do an assignment because they want to make sure that they are they're all different teachers and they're teaching the same course but they want to make sure that they come together and that we're all getting the same yeah education same like track. everybody's on the same page right uh, I think I think it's it's also important the collaboration is you know we're obviously going to be going into schools where there are teachers who've been there for 30 years you know mm-hmm. and they're set in their old school ways mm-hmm. so uh, through collaboration, I think you could you could really kind of, I mean, it's going to be hard to wake up some of the teachers who have been there for 30-some years and to really make them see that their may, may need to be changed, but, I mean, even the slightest bit, mm-hmm. you know, is for the better. So, and I'm not saying that they're not good teachers. I'm just saying that there are more efficient and better ways. Their passion has died for yeah. uh, teaching. I mean, now they're just focused more on content instead of actually what a teacher, because a teacher is more than just someone there to just throw knowledge at you. I mean, yeah. they're, uh, I mean, a mentor. I mean, you learn even more things from them than what is just on the content standards. Exactly. 
So next is designer. Educators design authentic learner-driven activities in environments that recognize and accommodate learning variability. So I guess this one would be more about the environment that you create, all about mm-hmm. this this exact project, you know, your learning environment. So That one speaks to me a lot because, like I said, being an intervention specialist, you have to design each and everything to help them because mm-hmm. not every kid learns the same. Mm-hmm. And that's what they, they come to me for because they're, they're – need more help than the average student yeah mm-hmm. so you have to design how you're going to help them individually every like ieps you have to be the right ieps for every mm-hmm. single student mm-hmm. so at just designing that is going to be the, that's probably one of the biggest ones for me in your learning environment has to be accepting to all cultures yeah. and make sure that you address each student mm-hmm. in there and make everybody feel like equal well i also think it's important for teachers and like intervention specialists to work together so that way students who are gifted or have learning disabilities can find the way uh, that to help those students like not just so like you just send them to the intervention specialist and it's their problem they have you have to work with them too i mean every teacher gets a copy of the iep for Mm -hmm. the kid that's in intervention so they know that this kid needs Mm -hmm. more help than I mean, like, I mean, me, I mean, my job is English. I mean, if a student has trouble reading, I mean, then I need to, like, talk to you oh, and be like, absolutely. like, is it just, like, help them learn to sound it out? Yeah. Or is, like, is there something more that I can do so that way they can succeed mm-hmm. as much as possible in my classroom? Absolutely. Next is facilitator. Uh, educators facilitate learning with technology to support student achievement of the ISTE standards for students. I think this... This kind of falls into everything we've said. You know, it's just facilitating the use of, of technology and other things in the classroom. So uh, lastly is analyst education. Educators understand and use data to drive their instruction and support students in achieving their learning goals. And that kind of goes back to the, the learner, the very first one. You know, you're not, you know, you're going to take steps to use, you know, data to support your ideas in the classroom and, and not just go in blindly with some idea you have to teach students you can use stuff that's worked in the past or even if you are trying something new keep record of it to know if it worked or not mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know be fluid like you said i think looking back in all, all all these standards they all run together and yeah they all live mm-hmm. and work off each other so it's kind of cool going back and actually reading them and talking about it that you, you understand they all really? are one big thing they're individual items but they all work together so to get back to the the whole point of the ISTE standard I think we're all going to be learners leaders citizens collaborators designers facilitators and analysts in our learning environments or we should be be. (laughs) Um, and then I guess I guess that's good for it so any last thoughts thanks for listening yeah (laughs) thank you